James 4 tells us, uh, starting in verse 13, Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city, and continue there a year, and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. For, what, for that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live, and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings, all such rejoicing is evil. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Friends, we make many plans throughout life. When we're young, we plan for school. We have plans for marriage, plans for our career, plans for retirement, perhaps, vacation, trips, and so many other things we plan for. And these are good things. We'll see that as we go through the scripture this morning. But have we planned for how short life is? Have we planned to let the Lord in on our plans? Have we planned to do good and to serve God? It says there in verse 15, if the Lord will, and some have taken that and flippantly used it as a catchphrase almost, if, if God willest, I'll do this. It, it's not meant to be a flippant statement. It's not meant to be a catchphrase. It's meant to be a position of our heart. If this is what God has for me and what God wills for me, that is what I'll do. Life is short. The scripture reminds us of this. Are we making the most of it? If you've got your finger there in Psalm 90, turn to Psalm 90, verse is 9 through 12. Psalm 90, verses 9 through 12. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet it is their strength and labor and sorrow. For it is soon cut off, and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger, even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. So teach us, verse 12, to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. God here tells us that the average lifespan is 70 years, 80 if by strength. Obviously, some people live longer. My grandma lived 102. My other grandma was in her 90s when she passed. But that is the average lifespan that God says we'll have upon this uh, earth. Have we numbered our days? It's a matter of perspective. It's a matter of keeping things in order and understanding that time is fleeting, that we have a limited amount of time to live for him. It's a matter of getting the most out of our life. Paul gives us a few reasons when he states in Philippians 2.16 that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. And he continues in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, And when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things, reminding us that there is a time to grow up as Christians and to be accountable for our lives and, and to change how we do things. Friends, it's time for us to live. It's time for us to count our days and be mindful of the things of God. When we were young, I remember as a child thinking, Friday, that's forever away. 
I really have to wait for Friday? Now I think Friday, that's way too soon. Our perspective changes, doesn't it? But when we're young, life seems like it's almost eternal. I'll never die, I'll never grow old. Man, my parents, they're ancient, they're about to fall over, they got those gray hairs starting to show up. How old can they be? Well, for a matter of perspective here, when we're young, life really is eternal. Our jar is full. Each one of these M&Ms represents a week of our life, approximately, given 70 years. With 70 years, that's 3,640 weeks, or 3,640 Sundays. 2,480 days represented here. That's a lot of M&Ms. If you imagine eating those, you're going to get pretty sick, I think. But there is our life in a jar. It looks long. We grow up. We get a little older. We get to our 20s. We think we're invincible, that we can conquer the world. We know everything. Life's full, and we're ready for anything. We still have about 50 years ahead. Yeah, our jar is getting a little emptier, right? We've, we've burned up some of our younger years. We're starting to get a little older. But there's still a lot of life left, isn't there? Still a lot of time ahead of us to consider 50 years, 2,600 weeks or 2,600 Sundays, 18,200 days. That's a lot of time still remaining, but are we numbering our days? Our 30s introduce us to some of the aches and pains of life, and by 40, we start to realize how little time we have left. Maybe 30 years or 1,560 weeks. Our jar is getting a little emptier in our 40s. There's not as much left. Perhaps we'll have more. Perhaps we'll still have 50 years in front of us. Perhaps not. We don't know. But our life is starting to fade. We get over the hill and we start to realize we're on the downhill side of things. Life is short. I myself haven't made it much past this. But I imagine as we get older, it only starts to compound. And at some point, we get to a place where we only have 10 years left in our jar. Life is starting to look pretty short. Most of our life has been lived. Are we numbering our days? How will we use these last days that we have? These last 10 years of our life? 520 weeks, 520 Sundays left. 3,640 days. Will we use them for God? Will we use them for self? Here's a fun fact. On average, the Christian who regularly attends church lives longer than the unbeliever who does not. God rewards us for the time we give to and spend with Him. God will take and add to our years, in some cases, when we serve Him and honor Him with our lives. God says to number our days so that we utilize our time on earth wisely when we're young so that we don't waste the years away and take the time to live for Him. The same when we're old. If we're still on earth, it means something. It means God is not done with us. It means God is still working on us. It means God still has a plan for us. It means God still wants to use us. Don't give up. Don't turn away from God. Continue to serve Him. 
Learn to serve Him if you haven't. Honor Him with our lives. That is what He's wanting us to do. Jim Elliott wrote, Whenever, wherever you are, be all there. Live to the hilt every situation you believe to be the will of God. So often as Christians, we half-heartedly go to church. We half-heartedly uh, sing our hymns. We half-heartedly tithe. We half-heartedly read the Bible. I'm guilty of all of that. We're to give all in everything we do. We're to serve Him with all our might, with all our power, with all our sustenance. We're to read the precious Word of God looking for all that He has for us. We're to enjoy our time, our relationship with Him. We're to enjoy our life. We'll see you here in a minute. Are we including God in our plans so that it's not all vanity? Vanity means futility, emptiness. I'll get that word out here in a minute. Meaninglessness. Solomon. The wisest man to live, of course, aside from Jesus, who was God, tried all sorts of ways outside of God to find happiness. If you turn over to Ecclesiastes, we'll read a few verses from there, but I encourage you to read more of Ecclesiastes on your own. We'll read some here in chapter 1 of Ecclesiastes this morning and, and skim through parts of it to learn from Solomon's wisdom here. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 2 and 3 Solomon writes, Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What profit hath a man of all his labor, which he taketh under the sun? And then if you skip down to verses 13 and 14, And I gave my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all things that are done under heaven. This sore travail hath God given to the sons of man to be exercised therewith. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Read Ecclesiastes. Solomon had it all, and he tried it all. For the sake of time this morning, I won't read it all for you, but I encourage you, go home this afternoon and read through Ecclesiastes if you haven't. Solomon makes Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, Elon Musk, any of those guys look like paupers. Solomon had it all. He had more wealth than you can imagine. We talk about the billions. No, oh, no, no. Put that aside. Talk, let's talk about the trillions that our national debt is. Solomon had that in the positive, not in the negative. He was a king who had wealth. He had women. He had building projects. He had everything. And he said, it's meaningless. It's vanity. J. Vernon McGee wrote, writes this, Man has, has tried to be happy without God. It is being tried every day by millions of people. The book of Ecclesiastes shows the absurdity of the attempt. Without Christ, we cannot be satisfied. Even if we possess the whole world and all the things that men consider necessary to make their hearts content, human wisdom, pleasure, alcohol, building, uh, great building projects, gardens, parks, farming, personal indulgences, cattle breeding and ranching, massive wealth, music, labor, marriages or relations, fame, popularity, international reputation, education and literature, natural science and military power. All of this falls short and we will never find fulfillment in it. Solomon writes in Ecclesiastes 2.17, Therefore I hated life. Because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me, for all is vanity and vexation of spirit. That is our life apart from God. That is the meaninglessness of life apart from God.
Putin's war in Ukraine, vanity. Biden's presidency, vanity. I don't care if you like him or don't like him, it's vanity. You can talk about Trump before that, it's vanity. When they do it apart from God, all is vanity. But God intends us to enjoy the fruits of his labor. For this is a blessing from the hand of God. When we do it away from God, we will not find this fulfillment. If you've got your Bible there in Ecclesiastes 2, Ecclesiastes 2, let's look at verses 24 to 26. There is nothing better for a man than that he should eat and drink, and that he should make his soul enjoy good in his labor. This also I saw, that it was from the hand of God. For who can eat, or who else can hasten hereunto more than I? For God giveth to a man that is good in his sight wisdom and knowledge and joy, but the sinner he giveth travail to gather and to heap up, that he may give to him that is good before God. This also is vanity and vexation of spirit. We're to enjoy what God gives us, he said there in verse 26. For God giveth to a man that is good in his sight. Ecclesiastes 3, turn the page there. Verses 1 through 8, skim through that as I'm talking here. It's a great reminder that God gives us time for all things. He understands our frame. We are to number our days and take the time needed for the different seasons of life, the different things that happen, for marriage, for death, for war, for taxation even. We all don't like that, do we? It's about that time of year. But God says to take the time for those things. As we skim through the rest of Ecclesiastes 3 here, we see man is to do good in verse 12 of chapter 3. For a man, for, but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life, and to rejoice in the fruit of his labors, verses 13 and 22. Verse 13, enjoy the good of all his labors. It is the gift of God. And 22, a man should rejoice in his own works, for that is his portion. While living in the fear of the sovereign God, we see in verses 14 and, and 15 that men should fear before him. That is a reverential awe, a reverential fear, not a cowering in a corner fear, but understanding that God is God, that God is our creator, that God is our maker, that God is our sustainer. With his judgment, in verses 16 to 17, a place of judgment, and God shall judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time there for every purpose and for every work. And we're to do it all, numbering our days with our death in mind. He says in verses 18 to 21, but just reading verse 20, all go unto one place, all are of the dust, and all turn to dust again. Jim Elliott gives us this, when the time comes to die, make sure that all you have to do is die. Jim Elliott was killed at 28 years of age trying to reach the Haranai people with the gospel. He lived his life to the fullest. He dedicated his life. And I'm not saying we all have to go out and be martyrs, but we all ought to dedicate our lives, our numbered days to serving God. And we should do that by enjoying the fruits of our labors. Flip over to Ecclesiastes chapter 5, and verse 18, where we see that we're to enjoy the good of all his labor that he taketh under the sun all the days of his life, which God giveth him, for it is his portion. 
We're to number our days because it is our portion and God wants us to enjoy what is before us and accept the joy God has in our hearts in verse 19 and 20 there of chapter 5. And to rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God. For he shall not much remember the days of his life because God answereth him in the joy of his heart. In the joy of his heart. We're to live life joyfully with our mate. Ecclesiastes 9.9 9 reminds us. Live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of thy life. Something weird coming from Solomon who had 300 wives. He recognized the significance that he should have enjoyed with his first wife as God had intended it. And to face life with an attitude of enthusiasm and total commitment. Verse 10 there of chapter 9. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave where we end up. God says to give our all to all that he has set before us. Chapter 12 gives us a great reminder of remember now the creator in the days of thy youth when we're young. We need to remember our Creator. When we're old, we need to remember our Creator. Verses 8 to 12 remind us of chapter 12 here, that even with God, life is a mystery, but without Him it becomes a horrible nightmare which cannot be studied out. Verse 8, vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, all is vanity. End of verse 9 there, he still taught the people knowledge. And then jumping down to 13, let us hear the conclusion of this whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Life, a mystery. We don't know how many days we have. We don't know if we have 10 years, one, one year, 70 years. But God wants us to live it fully for Him, dedicated towards Him. Shifting gears a little bit, flip over to Isaiah chapter 38. Where we'll see that our days aren't necessarily set. Isaiah chapter 38, verse 1. In those days Hezekiah uh, was Hezekiah sick unto death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amoz, came unto him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and prayed unto the Lord and said, Remember now, O Lord, I beseech thee, how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart, and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. Then came the word of the Lord to Isaiah, saying, Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer, I have seen thy tears. Behold, I have added unto thy days fifteen years, and I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of, king, of the king of Assyria, and I will defend the city. Hezekiah was spared death at that moment. He was given fifteen more years. He still died. Hezekiah used this time to compile 15 psalms, writing perhaps 10 of them that we have in our Bibles today. What would you do if God gave you an additional 15 years? Maybe the better question is, what will we do with the unknown years we have in front of us? Will we serve God? Will we live justly before him so that if God were to, and he doesn't do it this way anymore, but if God were to send a prophet to say, your time is up, 
You could weep before God as Hezekiah did and, and pray and say, Remember me, O Lord, what I've been doing for you, how I've been serving you, and then God knowing our hearts and knowing that we'll continue to serve him. We don't know, but how will we use today? How will we use tomorrow? We're to number our days. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 to 3. Hopefully a familiar passage to all of us. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. We're all to honor our parents. And some of us may say, well, my parents weren't godly individuals. How do I honor them? By living before our heavenly father and honoring him. But perhaps you're an adult. How do I honor my living parents? By honoring them, by talking to them about Jesus if they don't know Jesus. If they do know Jesus, by being respectful and mindful of the things they say. By taking care of them when they're old as they took care of us when we were young. When we're young, we're to honor our parents and obey them, for this is right before the Lord. And there's a promise there that our days will be long upon the earth. We're all to honor. God says much in his word to benefit us while we're here on earth. All that is in his word is to help us live our lives to the fullest. 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture, not some of Scripture, all of Scripture, is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You know, that's, that's why I keep going through our Bible Institute. I've, I've been through this probably 16, 17 years now because I'm still learning. I'm a little slow in the head, I'll admit it, but I still have so much to learn. I, I think maybe it makes me a little more like Paul who was wanting his um, scrolls brought to him even when he was on death row. We should always be studying the Word of God and, and finding the things that we've passed over before because we weren't serious about reading that particular passage or we weren't at a particular place in our life yet and God has something new to show us and to reveal to us that we it's been there the whole time. We just didn't read it. We didn't understand it, perhaps. And there's many other ways we can do that. Uh, Sunday school, a great way to come together and study the Word of God together. Encourage folks to do that at 10 o'clock on, on Sunday mornings as well. We must, though, daily be in the Word, reading, studying, learning, and living the Word. The Bible tells us to not be hearers only, but to be doers. If you come in here today and you just hear, that's, that's cool, but you could have just watched something on TV and heard that. This is the Word of God, the living Word of God. It's to change us. It's to shape us. It's to cause us to be different when we leave it out of here. Not because of what I said, but because of the Word of God. I'm just, the way you're getting it this morning, um, and Pastor will be back next week so you can get it through a better way then, but praise God for His Word and what it has for us. We need to learn from the Bible. We need to learn the good and the bad from those around us. I was the old, or was and still am the oldest. I have three younger brothers. And I was a rascal. I didn't do anything too bad. I'm sure we could all share stories later. I was just 
rebellious. I didn't want to do what my parents told me to do. And I wanted to go to work all the time and not go to church if I didn't have to and, and make money. And I was going to do things my way. And so I rebelled against my dad especially and, and didn't want to help with the chores on the farm and, and other things. That was my unique way, but uh, had my challenges. You would think that my brother that was three years younger would have watched and learned. I was off in college, and I'm looking back, and I'm like, huh, he's doing the same things I was doing. Isn't that stupid? Why didn't he learn from my mistakes? And then my younger brothers are 10 and 12 years younger than I am, and I later saw them doing the exact same stupid stuff. God has given us the examples in his word so that we don't have to repeat the dumb mistakes of Moses. Yeah, he made a lot of mistakes. David, some pretty bad mistakes. Solomon, he made a lot of mistakes. Wisest man, made a lot of mistakes. Even Peter. Peter was always putting his foot in his mouth. We can learn from that. But we can also learn the positives that are in the word of God. The positives of how to reach someone, how to share the gospel, and so much more. How to reach our children, how to reach a coworker, how to reach a parent or loved one that doesn't know Jesus. Perhaps this morning you're overwhelmed. There's a lot in the Bible. Where do I start? Where do I start? Well, let's look at some of the degree or ascent psalms very briefly this morning. So be ready to write down if you want to catch any of these. Um, some that Hezekiah himself, who was given 15 years, added to his life, wrote down for us. We're just going to fly through some of these topics. We're to trust God for our help. We see that in Psalm 121, verses 1 through 8, and Psalm 125, verses 1 through 2. We're to worship God for our gladness. Let's turn to that one. Psalm 122 and verse 1. Psalm 122 and verse 1. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Were you glad this morning about coming to church? I hope so. There's not Only my kids are here, and they're usually good about coming to church this morning. Um, but were you glad to come to the house of the Lord this morning? Or were you like, oh, it's the guest up front, Adam. Ah, we've got to listen to him again. Um, Hopefully teasing. But we need to have that gladness to church. Did you pray for the preacher this morning? Did you pray for the preacher throughout the week? We don't have a song leader, but pray for the preacher. The attitude we come with determines the attitude we leave with. Did you come expecting God to talk to you this morning? Did you come expecting to hear from his word and leave change? Or did you come with a, oh, I guess i got to go to church. It's the right thing to do. That's good. Do it. But we should come to church with gladness. We should prepare to hear the word of God with gladness. Even when it challenges us. Even when it challenges us. We should be glad in that. <clears throat> we should have a gladness to serve God through even the most menial ta of tasks without receiving any recognition. This is worship. Psalm 122 verses 6 through 8. Pray for Israel's peace. For our prosperity. It's sad to see America not 100% on board with supporting Israel anymore. That's not a good place for us to be. It's not a good place for us to be as a nation. But we are, as his people, to pray for Israel's peace. What does that mean? It means the returning of Christ, because there won't be true peace in Israel until Christ returns. So that's ultimately what we're praying for, is Christ's return. Our 
uh, being brought into eternity, the millennial reign of Christ. We're to have patience for our victory. Psalm 126, 5 and 6. Patience for our victory. We're to include God for our success. Psalm 127, verses 1 to 2. If you're there in Psalms, flip over to 127, verses 1 and 2. Except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city. The watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Include God for our success. If you want success, God should be part of every plan, every step of the way. As we number our days, God should be part of our days. How often do we do things without including him? Do we have a relationship? Do we have an ongoing prayer life? Thank God for children, for our reward. Many in our society today see children as a burden. That's unfortunate. They're such a blessing. And they don't have to be your own children. You can take joy from the children of others and give them the candy and then send them home, right? That's what grandparents do. (laughs) But we are to take joy in children in the youth that have so much life, so many days, and we're to teach them to number their days as they look to the future and help them in the ways of God. Be united for our blessing, 133, Psalm 133, verse 1. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. As we come here to serve God at Faithway Fellowship Baptist Church, we're to do it with unity. Not about my desires or your desires, but what does Christ have for us to do so that we can be blessed. We're to fear God for our blessings. Psalm 128, verses 1 to 6. We're to cry to God for our forgiveness. Psalm 130, 1 through 4. We're to wait on God for our mercy and redemption. Psalm 135 through 8. And you know what? God always shows up. We're to wait, but he will always show up. And then lastly, Psalm 131, 1 through 3, we're to humble ourselves for our hope. Humble ourselves for our hope. Friends, life is short. Life is short. Ephesians 5, turn there with me if you would. Ephesians 5, 15, starting in verse 15. Ephesians 5, verse 15. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord." giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. We're to be so full of God and so desiring His Word that we would desire nothing else, that we can't wait to open our Bibles. And I'll admit, I'm not there most days. I, I struggle many days. I put it off until I'm in bed and can barely keep my eyes open and I got it on my phone and I scroll through and, okay, Lord, I read the Bible today. 
That's not what it's about. It's not about checking a box. It's not church isn't about checking a box. It's about our relationship. Have you ever had someone write you a love letter and you got it in the mail? I know this is dating myself, but a few of you are a little older than me too, so we'll be all right. You get it in the mail. You don't just sit it over in the corner and say, ah, I'll get to that later. I don't need to read that right now. No, you tear it open. You're like, what'd she write? What did he write? And you read it. And you read it again. And you put it down. And you think about it. You're like, I want to read that again. And you read between the lines and you see so much more than is there. Are we doing that with the Word of God? Where we love what God has to tell us and we can't wait. And I'm preaching to myself this morning because I need to get better at this too. We need to love what God has sent to us. We need to read it like a love letter from someone special in our life because you know what? Our love on earth, it's great, but it doesn't last. One of us will die eventually. We'll all go to heaven, and it's going to be about Jesus and His love and what He did on the cross for you and for me and what He did in the grave where He conquered death and rose victorious. The grave is empty, friends. We ought to be excited about that. And that ought to show in our lives. We talked about it a little bit in Sunday school as we finished up our looking at the evidences of Christianity and, and the things there, how challenging it is for us to want to get out and, and tell someone, you're, you're, you're not right. We're not just apes that crawled out of a, a soup and happened to walk on two feet. We have a Creator. We have a Savior. We have eternal life. Friends, we should be excited about that. Life has regrets. It does, doesn't it? I have regrets. I imagine you do too. But the future doesn't have to. Let's make changes in our lives. Let's live for God. Perhaps you're struggling with what the will of God is for your life. You know what it is? It's to read what He's given us. And pastor said this a week or two ago. The Bible's our basic instructions before leaving earth. Basic instructions. Some of you have served in the military or enforcement, uh, law enforcement or something like that. You, you take those basic trainings pretty seriously, don't you? Because that might save your life one day. Have you read the instruction manual for your life? I need to do better myself. I've read through it a few times, but there's a lot I'm still missing, a lot I still need to apply. Read the Word of God and do what it says. Why? So that we don't have to learn the same lesson over and over again. So you don't have to be my younger brothers repeating my stupid mistakes. Learn from it so that we may grow up. Ask God to help you. I can't do it on my own. I'm going to get to the end of the day and be like, oh, yeah, let me scroll through the Word of God. Okay, cool. Check the box. But when I involve God in my plan and ask Him to help me as I read it, He'll show me. When I ask God to help me stay away from sin, He'll pull me back. When I ask God to go before me in the workplace, when I ask God to go before me on travel plans or whatever it might be, God will be there with me. He will be involved if we ask Him. He cares more than anyone else ever can or will. You may have heard this before, but C.T. Studd wrote, Only One Life. Two little lines I heard one say, traveling along life's busy way, bringing conviction to my heart and from my mind would not depart. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. 
Only one life, yes, only one. Soon will its fleeting hours be done. Then in that day, my Lord to meet and stand before his judgment seat. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, the still small voice gently pleads for a better, for a better choice. Bidding my, myself aims to leave and to God's holy will to cleave. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, a few brief years, each with its burdens, hopes, and fears. Each with its days I must fulfill, living for self or in his will. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. He ends the last couple uh, Verses here, oh, let my love and fervor burn, and from the world now let me turn, living for thee and thee alone, bringing thee pleasure on thy throne. Only one life will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last, only one life, yes, only one. Now let me say, thy will be done. And when at last I'll hear the call, I know I'll say, t'was worth it all. Only one life will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last. Worship God in the good times. Worship God in the bad times, the hard times. Honor Him with your life. Jesus reminds us of that in Luke 12, 16 to 21. For the sake of time, I'll skip over that, but that's a great reminder if you have time to read it later. Luke 12, 16 to 21, where the man builds his barns thinking he has tomorrow, but God comes and says, you fool, you don't have tomorrow. But when we seek God's kingdom first, we have no concern for tomorrow. We focus on giving our all in the moment. Matthew 6, 33 and 34 remind us, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. We're to live the moment. Jim Elliot again wrote this, Lord, make my way prosperous, not that I achieve high station, but that my life be an exhibit to the value of knowing God. That should be our prayer this morning. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Take your time. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy the journey. Savor the moments. Once it's gone, it never comes again. I wasn't going to do this in front of you all, but I'm going to. Once we take a week out of our life, Represented here by the M&M. Don't worry, y'all got to have some at the end. <laughs> but once this M&M is gone, you don't want me to puke it back up, do you? you want, it's gone, right? We don't get it back. Once the moment in life is gone, we don't get it back. It's gone forever. Mmm, tasty. <laughs> Enjoy the moment. Enjoy the savor. Eating one at a time. Mmm, we want to put the handfuls in our mouth, don't we? Enjoy it. Don't live in the future. Don't live in the past. Live in the moment that God has given to the fullest so that He can be glorified. Not for us, for Him. Colossians 3.2 Set your affection on things above, not on the things of earth. We're to be so focused on God on eternity. That when we're having a bad time here on earth, we're like, eh, this too is going to pass. When we're having a good time on earth, we should be reminded this too is going to pass. And we should be living 
the fullest we can for him. Psalm 90, 14 to 15 that we started with, or excuse me, earlier in, in Psalm 90 here. O satisfy us early with thy mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days wherein thou hast afflicted us, and the years wherein we have seen evil. Verse 16, let thy work appear unto thy servants, and thy glory unto their children. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yea, the work of our hands establish thou it. Jim Elliot, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain which he cannot lose. I cannot add a day to my life. I can't make my hair grow on my head. It's getting thinner every day, it seems. God gives us each day that we have. Have you numbered your days? Have you given your days to Jesus? Have you acknowledged Him as Savior, most importantly? That's where it all begins. If Jesus Christ isn't your Lord and Savior today, I'd love to take the Bible and spend some time with you and talk to you about how you can learn to enjoy your days because you're walking with Jesus, because you've been adopted into His family, because now you're a son of Jesus Christ, a joint heir with Jesus Christ, excuse me, adopted into the family of God. Oh, what a glorious day that is. There's no better day than that in our lives. Have you dedicated your life to Him and followed in obedience? It begins with a step of baptism, public confession that you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And then are we walking daily in His Word, studying it, sharing it, living it? Don't delay. Follow Him and live each moment to the fullest. God sent His only Son to save us. He died upon a cross for all our sin. I praise the precious name of Jesus. He walked out of that grave. They laid Him in. I serve a Savior. It's what I was made for. His grace and love I don't deserve. I will be faithful, humble, and grateful. My life is greater because I serve a Savior. James 4.14 For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. I serve my Savior. Will you? Will you also serve your Savior? Our Savior? Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for this time we had to look in your word and See these precious reminders of how we're to number our days, how we're to live each day for you. Lord, I, I know I need to work on that so much more. Lord, when I, I'm at work, it's so easy to get caught up on the things that are ultimately vanity, things that I can't even remember five years later sometimes, Lord. Lord, help me to look at the souls around me. Help us to look at the souls around us to be a help. Lord, if there's any that don't know you as personal Lord and Savior today, Lord, I pray today would be the day. If there's some that are looking to take the next step, Lord, I pray they do it soon. Lord, help each of us, whether we're young or old, to number our days, to live for you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would, stand.
just have a moment of I am counting the number of my days that I may gain a heart of wisdom and follow in God's ways it won't be long I will be gone I'll see him face to yet to come Cause I will see the one who knew me before I was known So I'm counting the number of my days Lord help me see the world that's yet Yeah.